0: I want to welcome all of our campuses to week one uh, to our brand new series called Welcome Home for Christmas. Come on. Let's just welcome all those campuses, man. Baton Rouge to Biloxi, now in Atlanta. So excited each week. I also want to welcome all the men and women, the Orleans Justice Center, St. Tammany Parish Jail, and now the Hancock County Jail. We're honored to have you with us. I love this time of the year. Uh, I'm unashamedly a, a, a lover of the holidays. I love everything about it. Matter of fact, the, the Christmas lights. Ma- this week, uh, our house has been under reconstruction after Hurricane Ida. We got some flooding. And, and, and so this week, as a matter of fact, right in the middle of this, my wife says, we're going to put up lights. I said, honey, where are we going to put up stuff? On the inside, we've got like the nativity scene on sheet rocks. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're going for it. I love everything about it. Matter of fact, last week, Pastor Danny Mika, our great pastor, one of our great pastors here at, at Little Creek, he, he and his daughter, Anna, and my daughter, Annalise, uh, we went to Celebration of the Oaks, and it was a great time. And, uh, and so there's rides there, there's hot chocolate, it's fun stuff. And so my daughter, Annalise, she's 11, she wanted to go on a roller coaster. First, the first ride that they on, I thought, man, it's a little radical, Pastor Danny, why don't you go for it? You can bring the girls. So we get to the next ride. My daughter says, Dad, I really want you to go on this. This is a roller coaster. Dad, you need to do this. I just don't really do that. And she said this. Matter of fact, I put this on social media. She said, Dad, God has not given us a spirit of fear. You should know that. (laughs) Wait a minute. I said, don't use the Bible on me. Okay. (laughs) And so, what do you think I did? I went on it. And I confessed the word and I held it strong the whole time. I, it was so much fun. I, I love this time of the year. And of course, people come and go. And of course, kids are coming back, college kids, they come back for home. And we've got several still in college. There's something about There's something about being home for Christmas. Something about that. Matter of fact, when I began thinking about this series, I thought about really home is on three dimensions. Number one, there's a natu- our natural home, but there's also our church home. Matter of fact, we, we, we have kind of this whole year we're going to do this welcome, welcome home. And, and so we put signage up at, at all of our campuses. Uh, Friday, I did a funeral for a great woman of God who prayed for me when I was a teenager, Miss D. Womack. She went to heaven. She's in the presence of Jesus. And so I've known her 40 years, almost 40 years. And, and, and there was a lady that I saw there and she came up. she goes, Pastor, when I drove on the campus at the Little Creek campus last weekend, she goes, tears just filled my eyes because I saw those, I saw those signs, welcome home. Everybody say welcome home. Welcome home. There's something about home. So, so we have a natural home, but we also have a church home. And then ultimately, the eternal home where we spend eternity with God. I want to talk to you over the next three weeks, and of course, Christmas Eve is going to be wonderful as well, and we're going to have this one theme throughout these next three weeks, welcome home for Christmas. So many people have, again, been scattered the last year and a half. I've heard so many people at all of our campuses, and I was in Baton Rouge last Wednesday, and then here at our Little Creek campus, and all of our campuses, so many people that that maybe had not... Been back to church in a while, are now coming back to church. So, I want to say to all of you guys, maybe you haven't been back for the last year and a half, well, welcome home. For those of you that are guests, welcome home. This is, this is God's family. We're we part of God's family. Christmas is a wonderful time of the year, and of course, all the warmth of Christmas, but yet, to be honest, there's also the hectic schedules. And the, the tired loved ones, the crowded streets, of course, I was driving around yesterday and, and, and you knew that Christmas shopping was even full on. I mean, it was just crowded. People were everywhere and, and uh, all the seasonal tasks that we have with that. And Whether it's putting up lights and shopping for loved ones, all the different things. There's a, there's a certain, there's, there's the joy of the holidays. There's the joy of Christmas, but there's also the hectic nature of it. Not to mention the things that are going on in our culture right now. All the division and all the strife. So there's a good times. It's like Charles Dickens said, these are the best of times, but they're also, in a sense, it can be the worst of times. In other words, there's a dual component going on. The blessing of home, the blessing of Christmas, but also the challenges in culture. And maybe the challenges in your home. Here's the good news. Even if you had a broken home and a lot of pain in your home, we can still experience the presence of God in his home how many are grateful for God's house how many are grateful for that matter of fact I heard something funny this week the other day I heard if you want to save money this is some wisdom if you want to save money on family Christmas presents this year just bring up politics at Thanksgiving you know what I'm talking about (laughs) you know that's true you know exactly what I'm talking about it's unfortunate, the division in our culture. It's unfortunate, all the strife. I'm so, I'm, honestly, I'm just sick of it. I, I'm looking for something. By the way, and you're looking for it too. Every campus, you're looking, you know what we're looking for? We are looking for peace. Can everybody say that word, the count of three? Can we say that? One, two, three, say it. Peace. peace. By the way, peace in our natural homes, peace in God's church home, and peace, obviously, we're going to have in our eternal home. By the way, we know in heaven there's going to be peace. The Bible says that, right? Every tear is going to be wiped away. There's going to be joy in the presence of God. Question, can you you have peace in the here and now? The promise of peace appears throughout the Christmas story. It's used actually more than 400 times in Scripture. Peace is a word often woven through the prophecies of Jesus and his coming. The advent, the coming of Christ, the, 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 the presence of God coming to the earth. That is the Christmas story, by the way. It's God leaving his home to make a new home among us, to create a place of peace for us. Well, one of the scriptures, as a matter of fact, I did a whole series on out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse six years ago, speaking of. The prophet Isaiah speaking of the coming of Christ. Here's what he said, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. and His name, I love that. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. All right, here it is, don't miss this. And the what? Say it, the Prince of Peace. Pastor Steve, I know that, I know that one day I'm gonna... Experience peace in heaven and i long for that day. And by the way, we will. But, but is it really possible? Is it possible in my soul with all the things in life that I'm dealing with on a personal level? Is it possible in my home? Is it possible in churches? Is it possible in culture? Is it, is it possible to actually experience, here it is, to experience a little bit of heaven on earth? Luke chapter 2 verse 13, I love this. And suddenly there was an angel, with an angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts. This is a declaration. <clears throat> the birth of Christ, the coming of Christ, the praising of God. And they were saying, here it is, glory to God in the highest and on where? Say it, earth. Not in heaven one day. We, we know that heaven's going to be amazing, but we're not there yet. But on earth, what's that next word? Say it, peace. Question, Pastor Steve, is it possible for me to actually experience peace on earth, peace on earth and goodwill towards men? Surely this promise is a promise of peace, and it's a welcomed promise for all of us. I've had so many conversations, really, over the last year and a half. I've been a pastor, Church of the King started 22 years ago. I've been in ministry nearly 30 years, and and, and that quality, that 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 thing, that target that people are so often looking for. By the way, no accomplishment can meet that need. No achievement. No, no success. No, I mean, it's just like you can, you can just line out all of the different things that we, that we are promised in this earthly life. There's nothing that can provide the peace that we really need other than God himself. There's something about God's peace. We are limited. In our human resources, we're limited in our mental acumen, we're, we're limited in our ability to create environments, sometimes fantastic environments, but yet they fall short. They fall short because there's no human ingenuity that was ever designed that can actually produce the quality of God's peace on earth. Only God can. We can come close at times. We can produce wonderful environments and restful environments. But, but it's not the peace that surpasses all understanding. Only God can provide that. As Christians, we approach this time of the year, and I think there's a lot of conversation is about Christmas and the blessing of Christmas, the joy of Christmas. And yet, please be aware, everyone is looking for something. They're looking for something desperately. They're looking for peace. Peace within themselves. Peace with others. Question: How do we find it? How do we find first peace with God? How do we we really find that inner tranquility that we all are looking for? Is it possible on earth? John chapter 14, verse 27. I love this. Jesus Himself said, Peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. The, the peace that the world gives, it's, it's transitory in nature. It comes and it goes. It, it's not permanent. It, it's, it's circumstantial. Sometimes you can, you can tap into it, but, but, it, but it's elusive. It, it comes and it goes. And, and Jesus turns and he says, he says the peace that I give to you, it's not as the world gives. No, no, no. It says, it's my peace I give to you. I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I want to say this to every one of our campuses. The peace that Jesus gives us. By the way, the peace that we need so desperately. I'll go beyond that. The peace that the world is looking for. They try it in all different types of things. But they're actually looking for the peace that only comes from God himself. I want to talk to you today about how that we walk in this peace. Pastor Steve, how can I, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, and yet in my home, in churches, and in our culture, it's like there's so much fragmentation, there's so much brokenness all around us, and how can I, how can I successfully navigate the life in which I'm living, and how can I live in that abiding peace? How can I? daily abide in the peace that I see here in Scripture. Number one, I want to talk to you about three realities of peace. I want to talk about peace being possible. I want to talk about the practicality of how do, we tra- how do we walk in that. And then I want to talk about the power of peace and what God is actually doing in our hearts to create that peace and what he's doing around us. Number one, peace is possible. Peace is possible when it starts in God. I was on an airplane once, and I was talking to this particular individual, and they would go on pilgrimages. It was like they would, they would go, and they were a person of means, financial means, and, and they were looking for something. And, and they went to this continent and this continent, and they would go on these pilgrimages, and, and, and they, would, they, would, they would set out, and they were in search of something. Matter of fact, it was the easiest setup for sharing the gospel. I mean, they were talking about these, uh, these exotic places that they would go, and there's nothing wrong with going to wonderful places, but, but the target is not, listen, the target is not for us to find something that only God provides. Listen, earth will give us enjoyment, but it can't give us peace. You, you can enjoy a wonderful vacation, but at the end, if you walk away with it and you don't know Christ, you won't have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And this peace, this individual was looking for They They exhausted tremendous levels of resources going to these, uh, these exotic places. And what they were looking for, what they were looking for was only what God provides because it, who is, it's who God is. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, listen to this. Now may the Lord of peace, the Lord of peace, he's the God of peace, give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. The word peace is the Greek word, "irene," and it actually means to bind together. In other words, when we trust Christ as our Savior, we are not only forgiven of our sins, but we're bound together with him. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that he who trusts in the Lord is one spirit. Our spirit connects with God's spirit, and we are bound together, watch this, in all the blessing of who he is. God is love, right? But God is also peaceful. Let me say this. Jesus is not freaked out right now. He's not nervous. He's not worried. He's not anxious. He is a God of peace. Galatians chapter five, verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love and joy. The evidence of the spirit, the evidence of the spirit's work in our heart. It is love, it is joy, and it is what? Say it, peace. You ever get around somebody and they're like really nervous? I'm a pretty you know, ramped up individual. I'm a type A personality. And, and so I know at times I'm not the most peaceful person, but, but I will say this. I've been around some people, man, they make you really nervous. I mean, just really nervous. And they're just fidgeting, just everything about them. And, and it's almost like you start, you, you can kind of feel like a little slight adrenaline surge. You get a little bit like semi hypervigilant to protect yourself because you're not quite sure what's going to happen. Can anybody relate to this? and you actually, watch this, you actually are deeply impacted by their jitteriness. Let's do the converse. You ever been around somebody that's super peaceful and you just start relaxing? Why is that? Because we begin to key off them. By the way, parents, let me say this. Your parents key off of how you respond to crisis. Crisis hits families. Crisis hits everybody. How do we respond? Our kids. In other words, we key off. By the way, listen, this is so important. This is biblical. Did you know that we actually can key off of how Christ responds? Because his spirit is within us. One of the most famous stories in the Bible about how Jesus dealt with crisis, how he dealt with storms, is the classic Matthew chapter 8, verse 24. I love this. Suddenly, there's a great tempest. And it rose on the sea, and there's this boat. It's covered with waves. Jesus is in the boat, and he was asleep in the bow of the boat. Then his disciples came to him. They awoke him, saying, "Lord, save us! We are perishing." But he said, "Why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith!" Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, "Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him?" I want to say this again. This is so far. Jesus is not anxious. He's not nervous. He knows what's going on in your life. And by the way, he cares about it. He knows what's going on in culture all around the world. He knows all the crises. He knows all. Let me tell you something. He is filled with peace. Do you know when you become a born-again Christian, let me tell you something. You're not just forgiven of your sins. You're not just cleansed of your sins, but you're given a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the actual presence of Christ. And in that is peace. He is peaceful. Number one, peace is possible. Not because we're going to go on some exotic vacation. That's wonderful, right? You feel relaxed. Relaxation and peace are not the same thing. Relaxation can be temporal. Peace is enduring. It's a a, a quality of God's peace. Jesus told his disciples, pray this way. Let your kingdom come. Listen, where say it? On earth as it is where? Say it in heaven. We know heaven is a place of peace, but earth is possible for us to walk in peace when we are bound to Christ. Not when we're bound to our circumstances, not when we're bound, listen, to negativity, but when we're bound to Christ. Irene, When we are bound to him, we are bound to his peace. Number two, peace is not only possible, but peace is practical. Peace is from Jesus. And yet we do have to play a part. We have to play a part. What is the part that we play? The prophet Isaiah gives us a clear progression of how it is that we can walk in peace. Here's the point. We can't produce peace, but we can definitely deny peace. Only Christ gives us peace, but we can watch us. We can make a decision to move out of peace. How? Isaiah chapter 26 tells us. He says, you will keep him in perfect peace. In the Hebrew, that's a promised I love that word. It's shalom. And what the word shalom means, it's not just the absence of conflict or anxiety. It actually means nothing missing, nothing broken. In other words, when we have the peace of God in our hearts, even though our circumstances may be broken, God's peace in us is not. Your soul, let me tell you, this is so important. Do you know one of the greatest testimonies of a believer in Jesus Christ is when our world is falling apart, our life is not? Okay, can I say that again? One of the greatest testimonies. I love apologetics and the defense of the gospel. First Peter chapter three, verse 15. And know the hope that's within you. I understand all that and all the arguments and all. But I'm gonna tell you the greatest, the greatest testimony to a broken, hurting world is that when we go through hell, hell doesn't get on the inside of us. That we can walk in the peace of God. Not because we're smart, not because we're type A, not because of our personality, Enneagram, whatever. It's because of the quality of Christ's life in us causes there's a buoyancy of God's power the shalom of God if you ever go to Israel and you're around Jewish people shalom what is that what are they saying they're saying God's peace be with you for the believer in Christ God's peace is not just with us God's peace is actually in us Uh, Jesus talked about I am with you but I shall be in you number one you shall keep him in perfect peace the perfect shalom of God here's our part don't miss this If there's anything transactional in this message, it's right here. You shall keep him in perfect peace. Remaining in the peace of God. Abiding in the peace of God. I want to live there. Oh, there's so many things that want to pull me out of that. There's so much conflict around us. There's so much confusion. There's so many crises. Here's the part. Here's our responsibility. Those whose minds are steadfast on thee. In the Hebrew word, in the Hebrew, the word steadfast means to be founded on, to rest upon something. In this case, it's that something is God's word. It's the person of God. It's incredible promise that that God gives us that we have a daily choice. You have a choice. I have a choice to set our minds. It's the one thing we can't produce peace, but we can definitely walk away from peace by what we set our mind on. He says, you shall keep him or her in perfect peace when their mind is set upon thee. Question, what are you daily setting your mind upon? What am I daily setting? We have a choice every day. Every one of us, I have a choice, you have a choice. We can set, watch this. We can set our our mind on the good news or we can set our mind on all the other news. I had a guy tell me one time, he goes, man, you know, my dad, he just has the news on in his house all day long just all day long. It's just the news running. I thought he is demonically tormented all day long. uh, Can I just say that? Our pastor Steve, pastor Steve, are you advocating that we should not be informed? I'm advocating that you just need to be careful of how much informed you need to actually be. And by the way, I say this, I I read the news. I don't watch the news. Why? I'm not going to let somebody's spirit, some newscaster's spirit. The only spirit I want on me is God's spirit. I don't know why I'm anxious. I don't know why I'm jittery. I don't know. i tell you why. Because there's an angle and you've been digesting. Let me tell you. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set upon thee, upon God's word. Where are you setting your mind? Where are you setting your gaze? Where are you setting your heart each day? Yeah. We have a choice. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. That's the promise of God. How many of y'all want to live in the peace of God? Come on, raise your hand. How many all want to live in the peace of God? Okay, here's your part. There's only one part to play. Just one, just one, just one. Just one. And it's not external to you. It's not those that have the ability to manipulate their environment. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's one thing. It's one, it's just one thing. It's just one thing. The shalom of God is possible, but the way that we live in the shalom of God is we keep our minds steadfast on Thee our focus. The world wants to, watch us. capture your attention. The, the world wants to capture your affections and your attention. And, but, but, but God is saying we have the ability to set our mind, to set our mind on him because we trust in you. I was on a plane once and was taken off and and I used to think being on planes was cool when I was young now it's like oh gosh there's a lot to it right we all know that that those of you that that travel and I was on this plane and I was concerned because we were taking off and I thought man this weather is just kind of rough I thought woof I'm not sure about this you know and but of course they have all the instrumentation right And so you're taking off everybody's just kind of looking around said we're gonna we're gonna go for it you know and and so as we, you know, people are, you know, we're just a little bit prayerful. How I many you know even an atheist will be, give, be prayerful if there's bad weather when you're getting, you know what I'm talking about? You know, like, I don't know if I believe in this, but I'm praying like you. Tell me what to say, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this is so amazing. This is such a picture. And we took off and. Of course, I'm holding on. Everybody's kind of holding on. We just we hit some turbulence, and the guy said, "Look, we're gonna hit some turbulence, but we're gonna we're gonna get you to a good place." And, and it was uh, it was it was like a little bit more than we anticipated, and and we were just kind of rocking, and everybody's looking. I'm looking at people; they're looking at me, you know. And we're looking at one another, you know. And everybody's of course holding their seats strong because they're holding up the plane. <laughs> and watch this, and we're and we're going up, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, boom! We break into that open blue sky. And you could literally look down, and you're like, we're above it. We're above it. And there was smooth sailing up there. And I thought, what a picture. All of this. And by the way, that can be a picture of our life. We're not denying those circumstances, but I'm going to tell you what we're denying in our life. We're denying the right of our circumstances to dictate our peace because we can keep our mind focused, if we'll keep the true north, if we'll focus on God, it lifts us above all the miry junk in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in the culture. How many of y'all wanna lift above all the junk around you? I wanna lift, I wanna live above it, man. Well, here it is, here it is. Where are you setting your mind? Where are you setting your mind? Yeah. I do wanna add, beyond spiritual and emotional benefits, the peace of Jesus. You know, we are spirit, soul, and body. God designed us this way. Do you know that when you live in peace, it actually releases emotional and physiological and healthy chemicals in your body? When you, when you live in peace, and by the way, listen to me closely. I'm not talking about a personality trait. I'm talking about the presence of Jesus. I'm not talking about a personality trait. I'm talking about the presence of Jesus in somebody's heart. Well, they're just peaceful based upon the personality. No, no, no. You give enough circumstances, and I'll show you somebody gets knocked out of I'm talking about only Christ's peace can ultimately produce peace. God has designed a spirit, soul, and body. There is a chemical called oxytocin. It's called the love molecule. And the reason why, they'll kind of tongue-in-cheek say that. And the reason why, it's the chemical behind social and relational bonding. That's why, let me tell you, that's why it's hard to bond in a home where a home is full of strife. When a home is full of strife and agitation, there's always it's a people naturally bond emotionally with other people where there's peace. By the way, that's why a healthy church, a health, where you can bond with people in church, it's a it's a place of peace. Everybody say peace. That's why, as as, as much as it depends upon me and the leadership of our team, and we're crying out to God, we want to we want to I, I want to lead a church filled with peace doesn't mean that we don't have differing opinions on things. But this is not going to be a place of strife and agitation. This is going to be a place of peace where broken people can come and be healed. Where lost people can come and be found in God. Where Are you with me? Where broken lives can be mended. Why? Because it's a place of peace. It's where the blessing. How many of y'all want to go to a church where there's peace? Where there's the peace of God? I want to be in a place where there's peace. Well, how do we get that? We preach the word. We stay in the word. In the same way, he whose mind is put upon thee, he, she whose mine is stayed. In the same way, whatever church stays with the word, whatever church stays with the or that doesn't get pulled into tangents this way and that, but they they preach the word. Why? Because only in the word of God there's peace and there's joy and there's health and there's life and there's sanity and there's clarity. We lock ourselves into God's word. Why? Because let me tell you, when everything around you may be rocking, when our foundation is upon the word of God, we can stand strong. We can stand strong. Peace is possible because it's not your peace, it's the peace of Jesus. Peace is practical. There is one transaction where we keep our minds stayed on thee. Let me give you the last one and I'll close. Peace is so powerful so powerful. We can live in peace knowing that God is in control of our lives. I believe in that. I believe as a follower of Christ, I believe in God's sovereignty that God is in control of my life. I believe that. Well, we need to believe that, that that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. That an earthly peace that's often based upon worldly resources, we know that it comes to an end. Everything but but not God's resources not God's wisdom, not God's power, the omnipotence of God, the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God. Let me tell you, when we understand that God is in control of our lives, it produces something in us. Man. I'll close with this. I love this verse. I preached on this. We did a small group series years ago called The Other Side, Exodus chapter 14. It paints a beautiful picture of the children of Israel trying to escape their enemies on foot. And as they come into the Red Sea, God speaks to Moses and tells Moses, tell the children of Israel these four things. Exodus 14, verse 13. I'm talking about peace. What is happening? Why can we stay in peace? Here it is. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Number one. Number two, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which you will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall again see no more forever. Watch this. Number three, and the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Let me tell you often why we get out of peace is because we're trying to fight battles that God says he wants to fight. Let me tell you something, listen. If you're dealing with something, like Pastor Jim said, if you're dealing with something that's bigger than you, guess what? It's not yours to fight, it's God's to fight. And let me tell you, you want to get out of peace, try to fight a battle that God said. Let me tell you, there is spiritual warfare around us. I'm so grateful that we've got the name of Jesus, the blood of Christ, the angelic host of heaven around us. God is fighting your battles. You can be in peace. You can be in peace. What is our posture? It's a posture of worship. It's a posture of adoration. It's a posture of putting our gaze upon God. I'm not suggesting that we're professionally disengaged. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm not suggesting that we don't navigate through conflict relationally. What I am saying, there are battles in your life that are bigger than you. Guess what? They're God's battles. You do what you can do, but then God does what only God can do. Yeah, God is big. The peace of God in our hearts often is contingent on our trust that God is working on our behalf. Some of you are in situations, even at your work right now, and it doesn't make sense. You can't figure it out. Why? Because God wants to fight that. God is dealing. There are supernatural things that are happening in your family. There's supernatural things that are happening in your marriage. You've got to believe this. Number one, peace is possible. Peace is practical. But peace, God's peace is so powerful. I believe that there are things that God is doing in our culture. I believe that. That God can take all the negative and turn it around for his glory and our good. If we'll trust him, if we'll believe God, if we know that God is working, even when we don't see it, he's still working. Even when we don't feel it, he's what? Still working. Be at peace. Shalom. Be at peace. He gives us his peace. It's not as the world gives We've been looking for something in the world to fulfill a need that only God can give. Now, I'll close with this. The only way that we can have the peace of God is to be at peace with God. Question, are you at peace with God? Have you ever trusted Christ as your Savior? Have you confessed Him as your Lord? I want every campus to bow their head right now. Those that are joining us online, I just sense the presence of Jesus right now. If you're in this place, whatever campus you're at, those that are joining us online right now, just, just give me one more moment. Jesus's presence is here. He loves you. If you say, Pastor, I've never trusted Christ as my Savior, the Bible says that before we're Christians, we're actually in enmity with God. We're not at peace with God. All of us have sinned, Romans 3.23, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, but the gift of God, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. When we receive Christ, we who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We don't do the saving, God does the saving. We simply receive Christ. Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. Have you ever surrendered your heart to Christ? Have you ever trusted in the finished work of Jesus on the cross? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, if you say, Pastor, pray for me, I need Jesus. I need the blood of Christ to wash me, to cleanse me, to make me new. If that's you the kind of through, i I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand up. I say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ, I'm not at peace with God. I want to surrender my heart to Christ. I need the blood of Christ to wash me. If that's you, one, two, three, quickly hold your hand up high so I can see it. And I pray, God bless you, ma'am, right there. Anybody else? Pastor T, pray pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you at the top. God bless you as well. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else? God bless you in the back, sir. God bless you, buddy. God brought you here today, sir. Yeah. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. Church family, let's, I see your hand right there, sir. Let's pray right now. Church family, let's all, let's all join our faith together and pray with those that are trusting Christ. Can we do this? The most powerful prayer they'll ever pray. Let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, come on everyone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. Man, what an amazing message. And hey, if you are making the decision right now to give your life to Jesus, we are so excited. We're celebrating with you. And we wanna congratulate you on making the best decision that you could ever make. Yes, and if you have any questions whatsoever on what it means to follow Jesus, or if you have any prayer requests, please let us know in the chat room. We have people who are ready to pray and talk with you. And if you're making that decision for the very first time today, the Bible says that the old is gone, the new has come, that you are a new creation in Christ. So we would love to resource you and help walk with you as you begin this brand new life With Jesus, If you can click the link in the chat or text the word decision to the numbers 822-822. And one of our pastors would love to follow up with you and hear your story. Well guys, that's it for this service. We are so excited for this amazing month ahead of us. Join us next week for week two of Welcome Home for Christmas. We cannot wait to see you there. Same time, same place. Y'all have a great week.